Welcome to Passion Life Church. All right, let's try it all one more time. How many of you happy to be in God's house today? That's good. That's good. That's good. So glad you're here. We're starting a brand new series that I've entitled Bring On the Blessing. Would you say that with me? Say, Bring On the Blessing. Bring it on. How many of you want to be more blessed by God? Let me see your hand. You want to be more blessed by God? You want to be more blessed by God? Some of you aren't raising your hands, so I'm a little concerned. And uh, so let me ask one more time. How many of you want to be more blessed by God? I believe you do. I believe you do. You know why? Because you're here this morning. And we're going to look in the next four weeks about God's blessing. And I think it's going to help us because, you know, uh, there are so many people that are living less than God's best. And, uh, and I just believe that although uh, this may be our prayer, you know, Lord, bring on the blessing. Many of us, I think, don't understand God's nature and how all this really works. And so I want to, in the next four weeks, if you'll commit to it, I believe your life is going to get better. I believe your finance is going to get better. Can I hear good amen? I believe that we're going to be walking in what God has for us and generosity that he has for us. And I've entitled today, Mind Your Own Business. Will you turn to your neighbor just real quick and say, Mind Your Own Business. Come on, turn to your second choice real quick and say, Mind Your Own Business. I can't mind your business. I need to mind my business. Come on, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to be in there today. And we're going to go through some scriptures. I'm going to go pretty quick today because there's a lot to cover. I'm so excited about this series. And I will tell you today that this series and putting this together has so convicted my heart that um, I'm just, I was putting this together. And how many of you know sometimes... We need the truth to set us free. But there are times that we're holding on to chains ourselves, and we don't want to let go of those chains because we're just so used to them. And so I've, I was just putting stuff together, and there's so many things. I had to make lists of things. I just need to change. I need to change this. I need to change this. So can I just help us say, let's have a heart that wants to hear what God has to say for us. Because wherever you're at today in, finance, in your financial world, in your life, how many of you could agree with this statement? We can all get better. We can all move forward. That's the blessing. That's what God wants. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by this story. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I really like it. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted, everybody say, his money. Come on, say it loud. His money. There's two things that make people laugh in church when you say money and when you say sex. But I'm not going to say sex. All right. He entrusted his money to him while he was gone. And to one, he gave five bags of silver, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver, and to them he divided in proportion to their abilities. I'm gonna go ahead and, and just paraphrase the next part of it for time's sake. But the master gave, he had three servants, and one he gave five bags of silver, another two bags of silver, and then another one he gave one bag of silver. And so the one who had five bags of silver, another translation will say this, will say talents, he had five talents. He took those five talents, he invested it, and he got 
10. And this five talent guy is going to actually get a bonus in just a little bit. But then the second guy, he gave two. He came back, he invested it, and he brought two back. And guess what? That made four. And then the one talent guy buried his. But listen, he did give back what God had given him. Now, I want us to know something. They all got different amounts, but they all had the same responsibility. Let me say that again. They all had different amounts, but they all had the same responsibility. Five talent guy who eventually will become 11 talent guy meets the master and the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that response from God? That's the response I want. Well done, good and faithful servant. Two talent guy comes back. He's got four talents, right? And he hears the same response. Well done, good and faithful servant. Interesting enough that one talent guy gives back to God the one back the one talent, and he hears this, you lazy and wicked servant. I do not want to hear that response when I stand before God. I want you to understand something today. Here's what God did, and we're going to understand his nature. I want you to understand God's nature as we walk through this. God's nature was, even though he gave them the same amounts, watch them, watch this. He gave them the same amounts. He gave them the same opportunity to have a hundredfold return on each of what he gave them. Right? And so watch this. I want you to listen to this because I believe in this parable and there's other scriptures. I mean, I could have went scripture. There's already a lot of scriptures today, but I just thought, you know, and, and I put a lot of scriptures in this because when we talk about prayer, people are like, oh yeah, Pastor Phil, talk about prayer. Oh Jesus, we need to talk about prayer. Oh, Pastor Phil, talk about faith. Woo, we need to talk about faith. Oh, when we talk about money, I want to see chapter and verse. I want to know what it says that in the Bible. Right? And so Today, we're going to talk about that, but not only in this parable, but in others, I want you to hear this. There are people who are seeing more blessing in their lives than others, and there are some who are losing their blessings, and I want to find out why. Why is it, bless you, why is it, bring on the blessing, and why, why is it that a guy who had five talents can end up with 11 and one who has one ends up with one. Is it the nature of the father to mislead people? Is that the nature of our God? Was that the nature of this master? Absolutely not. And yet there are people today who are being mega blessed by God. And there are others who are actually losing blessings. And here's the question I want to know. Why is that? Because I don't want to be the guy that's losing blessings if God is going to pour out. And you're going to see some stuff in this series where God wants to bless you more than you can even receive. And the problem is not with God. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. The problem is not with God, right? And let's look at this. Let's, Let's look at what he did. In this parable, right, there was a master and there was three servants. So let me ask you this question. Did these three servants own their own business? Yes, I would say they did. Here's what God did. Watch this. And this is his nature. He takes his business of his kingdom and he entrusts them to you and I. You, let me ask you, how many of you in here own your own business? Let me see. Anybody own their own own business? All right. Anybody else want to at some point own your own business? Let me see here. Come on, put it up high, right? That's awesome. 
That's awesome. But look what God does with these three guys. He's the master, but he gives his business. The Bible says it was his talent. It was his money that he gave to these servants. In other words, here's what he's saying. My business is going to be your business. And so you now have your own business. Say this with me. Mind your own business. This is what God has done with you and I. God has taken his kingdom, right, has taken his business, and he's make it to you. He gives it to you as a child of God. And he's given you talents. He's given you treasure. He's given you time. And if we're going to bring on the blessings today, I think it's important that we understand these six truths that we are going to get from this particular parable that Jesus taught. Here's the first one. Are you ready to take some good notes? Here's the first one that we need to understand if we're going to bring on the blessing. All that I have belongs to God. All of it. Every good thing that comes to me is from God and he owns it all. Watch this. These people were not owners of the talents. They were servants of the talents. They were given and delegated these talents. You know, Psalms chapter 89 verse 11 says this, the Lord is, the heavens are yours. The heavens are yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. Everything, my church family, belongs to God. Can I hear a good amen? But there are those of us who think, well, you know what, Pastor Phil, you know, come on. Uh, everything belongs to God. I am a self-made man. You don't understand. Like, I made this money. I did this money. It was my intellect. It was my talent that got me to this place. Okay, but let me ask you this question. Who created you? Who gave you that intellect? As a matter of fact, when you get paid on Fridays and that paper check that comes to you, where did that come from? That came from one of God's trees. You think about that, huh? That came from one of God's creation and everything good that God has, he gave to you, but it's all his. It's all his. Now listen, God, he created you with those skills, right? He created you with those abilities, but why? It all belongs to him. Romans chapter 11, verse 36 says this, everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory, right? So watch this, whatever God gives to me, he gives to me, but it's his but it's intended for his glory that my life bear his glory come on I'm preaching better than you're smiling at me come on smile and I'll preach shorter I promise so what God is giving to you all of the abilities all of those things are given for his glory you know David said this in first chronicles uh, chapter 29 verse 14 it says but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you, God? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you gave us first. Oh, man, that's a good word. So if God owns this all, then what is my part that I play? Then I am a steward, just like these servants. A steward is an overseer of God's business. Let me help some of us as parents. Did you know that the kids you have are not your kids? They are God's kids. And God has placed them in your lap to steward them and parent them. You know, the other day, my, 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 my kid was acting funky. I don't know if your kids ever act funky. They just act funky. I don't, you act funky, too. So don't look at me like you're Snow White. 
he's eight year old, you know, he's got his stuff going on. And so I found the best time to talk with him is when we put him to bed, just because he's quiet, he's kind of like looking and we were talking and I said, Gavin, I said, I want you to know something. You belong to God. And I said, God gave daddy and mommy the responsibility to raise you. And he just looked at me and I said, so we're making decisions because God wants us to raise you up because at the end of the day, Gavin, you're his. And I know that he doesn't comprehend that, but we need to comprehend that we are stewards of these kids, that we are not owners. My son belongs, and can I tell you, now, when I'm parenting him, when I understand that, it has such a greater value in my life because I'm like, this isn't just my kid. This isn't just a combination of our love that came together. You know what this is? This is God divinely placing him in our lives. Now, we had to do our part. Come on, somebody. And that's good. Anyway, we won't talk about that. That was the relationship series. We did our part and then God divinely placed him. And so I am not the owner. As a matter of fact, I am his earthly father, but my son has a heavenly father. And we need to start telling our kids that because there's going to be a day, my church family, I was thinking about this and it's hard because I love my son. I thought, I don't know how these parents do it. They start teaching their kids to drive. I would never want my kid on the road. Have you seen how Californians drive? Come on, you're one of them. Have you seen how they drive? Oh, my goodness. But then I was reminded of this principle. He's God's. And God's going to take care of him. God's going to take care of him more than I'll ever be able to take care of him. And this is, you know what it did for me? It relieved the stress of, wow, God, you are watching over here. Yeah, I pray. Yeah, I'm a good example. But when you understand this about your kids, when you understand this about your life, about your finances, it's much more easier to understand. I am just a steward. God owns it all. Pastor Phil, you know, I thought The name of this series was Bring On the Blessing. And I came here to receive more blessings. That's why I came here to receive more blessings. You talking about God that owns it all. Here's the key. Whatever you do with what you have determines whether God can bring on the blessings or bring on more blessings. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I talk about more blessings, you are already blessed. I got one amen on that. I'm glad you came today. You're already blessed. How am I already blessed? God gave you Jesus, his only begotten son. God has given you grace. God has given you mercy. God has given you forgiveness. God has given you healing. All that. Can you say a good amen? I am blessed today. So when I'm talking about more blessing, I'm not necessarily talking about grace. and Those things are done. Those are a set in his word. We are already blessed with those. What I'm talking about today is what's in our care to take care of. Our finances, our time, our talent. And the key is whatever you do with what you have determines whether God can bring on more or not. So let's understand we have to settle the ownership issue. You do not own 
own anything you have. It's all God's. Here's number two. And he has entrusted us as managers over his resources, over his business. He's entrusted. This is what this master did. He entrusted money to them. He gave them his money. It was not their money. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand that even from the beginning, when God created man, God loves to delegate authority. God loves to delegate responsibility. He loves to. This is what he did with Adam. He put him in the garden. Genesis chapter two, verse 15 says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend it and watch over it. Watch over it. What is that? That's a steward. That's an overseer. Pastor Phil, I would always, I just dream of being a manager. You are a manager right now of your own life, of your own finances, of your own talent, and over your own treasure. And it's not even yours. God has entrusted you with that. You are a manager. You are the CFO of your life. What are you doing with what you have? Because here's the reality. Adam totally screwed up totally mismanaged everything that God gave him. There's going to be a long line in heaven to talk to Adam. And I'm going to be in that line. I just have one question. I just want to know if he had a belly button. But anyway, (laughs) but God is so generous. Listen, think about this. He makes this incredible garden and creation. And then he puts man and woman in there with their own will to run the whole thing. His prized possession. I remember when we were in El Paso, because we moved from El Paso about seven years ago to start Passion Life Church in El Paso when we had our first house and we were looking in the back and it was all dust and we were talking about how we're going to, you know, just cultivate this and what do we want and do we want grass and all this stuff. And I was telling my wife, man, it's going to cost a lot of money to, to do this backyard. It's going to cost, I don't know, $10,000, dollars $20,000. And then this was, her, this was her response. Oh, that's great. And after we do that, we can get a dog. A dog? I'm going to spend 20 grand on the backyard and we're going to get a dog and he's going to dig it all up and maybe he'll put some fertilizer on it. I'm not getting a dog. Now, some of you dog people, don't be offended, okay? You can do whatever you want. It's your life. Take him to Target. Take your dog into all the food stores. You can do whatever you want. They actually have a whole restaurant called Lazy Dog Cafe. Shout somebody who works there. You can take your dog there. But if I'm investing 15, 20 grand in my backyard, I'm not putting a dog back there that's going to dig everything up. And I'm sorry, but that's just me. So I had to rebuke my wife in Jesus' name. In love. But isn't it interesting that God, in his highest work, he puts this garden and then he puts man in there with his own will, right, to, to tend this? Think about this. This is what God did with Adam. God entrusted Adam to be the first zoologist. He was in charge of all the animals. He was the first landscaped architect. That's what Adam was. Listen, Adam was going to be the father of the whole human race. You know, the word manager in the Greek means this, overseer, one who has charge over affairs of a household and office of trust and confidence. 
And God loves to delegate authority. God loves to delegate responsibility. And he did it in the beginning. And let me just tell you this. And God even set him up to succeed. You know how? The Bible says after when God was telling him, he said he blessed him. Look, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says God blessed them. Talking about Adam and Eve. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. Somebody say fruitful. Be fruitful and increase in number. This is what the blessing will do in your life. Blessing will always bring increase in your life. Blessing will cause you to be fruitful. But notice, before he told them to be fruitful and multiply, God, the God of grace, blesses them. Let me say it this way. He empowers them to do what he called them to do. He blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule, that's manage, over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living thing in the, in the creature that moves on the earth. The word blessed that God used right here in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Hebrew means this. This is what blessed means, to cause to prosper, to be abundant. To cause to prosper, to be abundant. I don't need any of that blessing type stuff, Pastor Phil. You know, honestly, I have enough for me and my family. Oh, wow, how selfish. That's all you think about is having enough for you and your family. If you were to close your eyes for a moment and just imagine what it'd be like to have your house paid off, your car paid off, have money in the bank. So when you're at Winco or wherever you shop and you are standing there and there's a person and you see them pulling out their money, it's a single mom that's pulling out her money and you say, hey, you know what? Can you imagine being generous to the point where you could say, hey, listen, I'm gonna cover all of this for you. Or you're in line and you see somebody pulling out those food stamps and you say, hey, you know what? You don't need to use those because I wanna bless you. This isn't just about you and your family having enough. This is that selfish. God is a God of generosity where he says, I want you to have enough and overflowing so you can bless somebody else. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this because a lot of people have this idea that it's very spiritual to be poor. You know, Pastor Phil, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, in spirit. You know what, you know, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil evil. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. A person who is poor in spirit is a person who realizes that they are bankrupt and they need a savior. That's why Jesus says, blessed is the person that comes to a humility that says, I need a savior. I need a savior. But blessed means to cause to prosper. If you're broke, you can't help anybody else. I don't want to say amen. Some of them might think I'm broke. But if you're blessed, which God told Abraham, I want to bless you. Why? So you can be a blessing. You know, the word fruitful here in the Hebrew, it means to grow and increase. Man, that is our word for the year. God wants us to grow and increase. But, oh, Adam. Adam mismanaged everything that God gave him. Adam mismanaged God crea God's creation by eating the forbidden fruit. He mismanaged his relationship with his wife by remaining passive when he should have taken a stand. And when he was confronted by God, you know what he said? Oh, the lady that you gave me, it was her fault. He mismanaged his marriage. And then you know what he did? He blamed the woman that God gave him. And Adam 
And I'm going to tell you why. Here's the root. I think this is the root of what happened. Adam mismanaged his life because Adam and Eve both bought into this lie. And I want to encourage you because as we talk in the next three weeks, this lie is going to continue to come up and you're going to have to either renounce it and say, that's not true. Or if you give into it, you're going to be, and you're going to mismanage your stuff. And here's the lie. The lie that the enemy was insinuating to Adam and Eve is don't eat that forbidden fruit because you know what? The reason why God is saying don't eat that forbidden fruit is because God is holding out on you. God is holding out on you. God made this beautiful garden for you to manage all of the animals. Come on, Adam. He put a naked woman next to you. God is not holding out on you. Come on, that's Bible. That's not Game of Thrones. That's Bible. Bible says they were naked. They were unashamed in the garden. Come on. You look at it's like we can't talk about these things in church, but we can go to Starbucks and talk about, you know, oh, <laughs> uh, the things that I'm watching on Telemundo. You know, come on, somebody. My novella, stop. And he mismanaged it. And here's the lie that the enemies, it's the same lie. Did God really say not to do that? And I would tell you what, if you give in, if you give in, well, let me say this way. He wants you to think that God's holding out on you. Can I just tell you the reason why God told them not to eat the forbidden fruit was because God wanted them never to ever experience evil. God, ne listen to this. God never wanted them to experience sin and the curse. Everybody look at me. How is it that in the scriptures that we just read in Genesis chapter 21, that God blessed Adam, right? And then we find out he got evicted, evicted from the garden. And now he is sitting outside of the garden, evicted and under a curse. You know why? Because he mismanaged what God gave him. And you know why he mismanaged? Because he believed that God was holding back something from him. My church family, this master, if he wanted to hold back, he would have never given those three servants any money. Let's just settle it right here. If God wanted to hold back on you, he could have left humanity in its sin and he could have never given Jesus Christ but he gave his best in you, in, in Jesus Christ. When people start talking to me, go, well, I don't know if God wants me to have that promotion. And I don't know, you know, I just, can I just tell you, he's already given you his best in Jesus Christ. He gave it to you. Why would he withhold a promotion from you? Maybe it's not the right promotion for you at this time, but why would he do that? Come on, can I hear a good amen today? But look at this, come on. Listen, even though God blessed them to manage the garden, Adam and Eve find themselves under a curse. That's where so many Christians are today. You're blessed, but so many are living under a curse. Please write this down. Mismanagement will cause you to forfeit the future blessings that God brings into your life, that God wants to bring into your life. Let me say that again. Mismanagement will cause you to forfeit the future blessings God wants to bring into your life. Number one, it all belongs to God. Number two, he's entrusted us to be his overseer. But look, here's what God does, because he never overwhelms you. Here's number three. We're all given what we can handle. One person got five, one person got two, one person got one. And the Bible says, Matthew 25, 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and the one bag of silver to the last. Look, dividing it a proportion to what? 
their own abilities. That's why you have to mind your business. You got to mind your talents. And here's what I love about God. God always puts something in your hand that has the power to increase your life. If he's given you one power, if he's given you one talent, he's given you something. And he gave it according to their ability. If he's given you two talents, whoo, we need to be thankful for those two talents, right? But you have something in your hand that can cause your life to be blessed. That's why I'm saying you're already blessed. If he gave you one talent, you're blessed. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, again, God give them different amounts, but the same responsibility. So the question is not, do I have enough money, possessions to do God's will? Here's the real question. The real question is, am I managing what God has already given me to accomplish his will? Look at me this morning. If God didn't believe that you could do it, he wouldn't have given you the talent. Ooh, I may take up the offering again. Just stay that quiet. You know, pastors joke about the offering. I know some of you are real uptight, look a little constipated when we talk about money, but we always talk. And that's, I think that's the problem. That's why this message is for you. Just relax. It's all right. We'll take up another. So what? That's just another opportunity for you to get blessed. You'll get it. You'll get it. Right? And so here's the thing. If God gave you one talent, he knew that you could handle one talent. And he knew that when he put that in your hand, if you manage it right, it'll bring your life more blessing, more blessing. Can I hear a good amen? Because he didn't give it to you for you to fail. He gave it to you because that was according to your ability. Now, here's the cool thing. Our abilities can grow. Our capacities to, can grow. Can I hear a good amen? I want to grow in my capacity. But many times, here's what we do. We are like one talent guy looking over there and go, why did you give him five talents and I only got one? Because God gave you what you could handle. And so what we do is we look at two talent guy, five talent, and I only got one talent. I only got one talent. You know what we do? We use that as an excuse not to use what God has given us. Can I just tell you, I love what's happening in our worship team, right? God has given them uber talent. Doesn't matter how many vocal lessons I take. Doesn't matter how long I sing. I will never sing as good as Angie sang today. Come on, give her a good round of applause. Woo! I thought I was watching American Idol there for a moment. Like, whoa, right? But here's the thing. God never called me to be NG. Number one, I am not a female. I can't sing. I can't sing. But here's what we do. And some of you will do this with me. Oh, Pastor Phil, if I had that gift and, and I could preach, man, I would win people to Jesus. God didn't call you to be me. He called you to mind your own business and the talent that he's given you, he's called you to develop it. And to and come on, can I hear a good amen today? And so what we do is because we compare ourselves to other people, we start to use it as an excuse of why we're not using what God has already given us. And I will tell you, comparing yourself and your talent and your money to what your neighbors have and what your neighbors drive will rob you from the blessing that God has for you. 
Man, when we lived in our apartment for six years, I would look out over houses and I would just like, oh, I can't wait. Man, I can't wait till we have our house. We sold our house in El Paso, Texas to come here. We gave everything for the gospel. And I lived in an apartment for seven years, looking at other people, talking to people who just bought houses and, and inside it was like, Arr. but you know, I was like, man, when are we gonna get our, our house? And, but I was patient and we were, I was content where we were at. But can I just tell you, that I knew that God was doing something in us and we had to mind our own business. We had to get out of our debt that the devil created. No, who created that debt? Ladies and gentlemen, they call it MasterCard for a reason because they want, it wants to be your master. And we looked at our finances and we managed and we said, you know what? Next year will be our year. This will be paid off and this will be paid off. And hallelujah, this will be paid off. And God opened up the door. But here's what we had to do. We had to mind our own business and just not look at every, what everybody else has. Can I just tell you, what everybody else has is not as it seems. I've seen people come to our church in Mercedes and afterwards talking to me, breaking down how they can't pay their rent, can't pay for their car, can't provide for their, can't provide for their kids. And they pulled up in a Mercedes and listen, I have nothing against Mercedes, but what I'm just telling you is that not everything is as it seems. And so you can't just compare yourself to this person or that. We have to, come on, say it. We have to mind our own business. In the eighties, we used to say it this way, mind your own bizwax but mismanagement. Are you glad you came to church today? All right. Mismanagement will cause you to forfeit the future blessings. So God gives us what we can handle. And I'll tell you what, can I just, I think Adam missed this. I think this one guy, one talent guy missed this. Whatever God gives you, be grateful for it. If he gives you one talent, man, be grateful. And you know what? Say, I'm going to work this one talent. I'm going to work this. If God gave you two talents, say, God, thank you for two talents because he gave you what you can handle and work what you got. Come on, tell your neighbor just real quick. Say, work what you got. Work what you got. But we got to realize, listen, we're going to be held to account. We're going to be held to account on what's, we're not going to be held to account on what God gave somebody else. He's going to hold us accountable to what he gave you. And here's number four, if we're going to bring on the blessing, promotion is dependent upon how we manage what he's given us. What many people fail to realize is that we have a part to play in this. Now, I'm going to say something. I want you to hear my heart. And I hear this doctrine a lot, and it really bothers me when people say this. Well, if God just wants to bless me, he will. He, he, he will. I, God, this, this is what they say. God is sovereign. So I guess that I just don't have because God didn't give me what he gave that other person. He may have not given you what he gave that other person, but I hear when I hear God is sovereign and he is, what they're saying is that I guess I just don't have any responsibility in this thing. Actually, you have a lot of responsibility. There's so many scriptures that say, if you give generously, right? If you sow sparingly, what do you get back? Sparingly, if you sow it, if you sow generously, how does it come back to you? Generously. The Bible says the measure that you meet that's my part. There's, there's one scripture that says, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that what he also reap. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a part to play in this. Can I hear a good amen? 
We have a part to, to play in this. But promotion comes on what you are able to do and manage what he gives you. Matthew 25, verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of talent began to invest the money and he earned five more, 100% return. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Watch this. But the servant who received the one bag of the silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. You know, I think when it comes to managing, we have three options, which I see in people's life. The number one option for management is we can just be wasteful. We can be wasteful. We don't plan for the future. We, uh, we don't track our spending and we just spend foolishly. Or number two, like this guy, we can bury our talent, right? Matthew 25, 26. Watch the master's reply to this guy who buried the talent. You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops and I didn't plant and gathered crops. I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. In other words, you did nothing with what I gave you. You did nothing with what I gave you. You know what's interesting to me? This really changed my theology when I read this because to God, Faithfulness is not maintaining. Faithfulness to God is increasing. To God, faithfulness is not. Well, I just got my one talent. Here it is, God. God said, you did nothing with what I, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice he didn't lose the talent. He just kept it. And when he gave it back to God, God still called him lazy. God still said, you wicked and lazy servant. He didn't lose the talent. He just maintained it. And God says, you know what? Faithfulness to me in my kingdom is seeing you increase. Come on, can I hear a good amen? Listen, we're going to see, right? If we just hold on, what we're gonna see, what we're gonna see in this series, listen, you can hold on to it and still lose it. But what you give in the kingdom of God will never be lost, never be lost. I like the rich guy who got to heaven and he saw Peter. And so they met at the gates and Peter's like, all right, I'm going to take you uh, to where you're going to be living. And the rich man walked by a whole bunch of mansions in heaven. He said, oh, look at that mansion. I love that mansion. He says, is that my mansion? Peter said, oh, no. Oh, no, that's, that's not your mansion. Um, that's that's your, the guy that cuts your lawn. That's his man. Oh, okay. And then he kept walking. Oh, look at that man. Oh, I love, is that my man? No, no, no. That's the missionaries. Uh, that's the missionaries. Uh, mansion. Okay. And he walked over and as they walked over, there was this little shack in heaven and, and, and the guy looked and he was like the little shack right there. And Peter's like, yep. Hey, there's your little shack. He's like my shack. Why am I living in a shack? And this is what Peter said. Hey, we did the best with what you sent us up. And for many of us, we're holding on to treasure. That's really never going to produce anything in our life. And when God looks at this servant, oh, he had the talent, but he never used it. And God, to God, faithfulness is increasing. Here's the third option of management is that we can invest it, invest it, invest it into the kingdom of God, investing. Listen, Matthew chapter 25, verse 23 said, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling small. Everybody says small. 
Pastor Phil, I don't want small. I want big. Watch this. It's how you handle small. He says, you have been faithful in handling small amount. Watch, listen to this. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Everybody say many more. Many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Ladies and gentlemen, that's promotion. That's blessing. Now, are you ready for this? Watch this. There is a guy in this story who makes 11 talents. He started out with five, 100% return, now has 10 talents, and one guy talent over here holds on to him, and he loses his. This tells me that there are blessings that I could pick up that other people are dropping. There are blessings that other people are not using that God will put on me. And wow, 11 talents. I could do a Holy Ghost dance on 11 talents. Oh, 11 talents. That is so, thank you, Jesus, for 11 talents. But here's what I love about this. God says this, because you were faithful over little 11 talents isn't enough. I have more for you. I have more blessing for you. Bring on the blessing. See, some of us just be like, woo, 11 talents. I got 11 talents. And Jesus is like, because you were faithful, 11 talents, I have much more for your life. God wants to bring more if you handle a little. Can I hear a good amen? amen. God has more, but it depends on how you handle little. Matthew 25, 28, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. Listen to this, my church family. We're going to uncover some reasons why right now some people aren't living the blessed life. Are you ready? Here it is. This is Jesus talking, not a pastor, not a TV evangelist. This is Jesus. Listen, I don't have anything, a problem with him. I have a problem with some of them, but listen to those who use well what they've been given, more will be given. Hmm. More what? More blessing. More talent. More money. Watch. He says more will be given, and they will have an abundance. Why? So they can be generous to other people. But those who do nothing, those who mismanage, even the little will be taken away. I've been a pastor for 20-something years, and I can't tell you how many people call even during the week for money, how many people call because they need their rent paid. And you know what? I'm just going to be honest. I love giving unconditionally. But when I start talking to people, and I don't mind giving, but when I start evaluating and asking them questions about their money, here's the challenge. They cannot handle little. And I want to help people. But here's the thing. I want to give you a hand up, not just a handout. I want to help you understand that how you handle little will determine whether you get more blessed. And so we can say, God, bring on the blessing and not manage the little that we have. And I say little because some of you in this room, look at what you have. And you may say, man, it's little. It's not even covering my expenses, and we'll talk about that later, but I want to tell you something. What you do right now with what you have will determine whether God gives you more. Can I hear a good amen today? And so I think that is so important. And so people who mismanage or bad stewards, they'll lose stuff. And I'm going to tell you this. You may think, wow, man, that's harsh for God to take it away and give it to somebody else. It shows me how much God values even one talent, that he doesn't even want one talent wasted. Everybody look at me today. If God gave you more than you could handle, not only would it waste his resources, but it would destroy you. Yeah. 
because some of you can't handle where you are right now. Oh, if I only had a million dollars, you can't handle your paycheck now. And if you can't handle what you have now, God said, I'm not wasting my resources. Learn, come on, learn how to handle little and manage little. And this guy, the one talent guy, his problem was, is he saw God as mean. Here's number five. Our perception of God determines effectiveness. See how you see God will determine your future blessings. My church family, can I just tell you, as we start coming to a close here, how do you believe that when a pastor says we're coming to a close? Nobody, I knew it. God wants something for you, not from you. God wants to get something to you if he can get something through you. But the problem is we hold on to this talent for whatever reason. And the biggest reason is fear. Just like Adam, you know what Adam's fear was? Oh, there's more, there's more. And God doesn't want to give it to me. That's why, you know what, if I eat this fruit, oh, I'm gonna have, you know what? Adam said, God, I'm gonna do it my way. I want more, but I want it my way. God's like, that's not how you get it. If you want more blessing, you have to do it my way, God says, my way. And he had fear. This guy said, God, I thought, my master, I thought you were a harsh man, so I held on to it. Matthew 25, verse 24, and then the servant the one with the one bag of silver, he came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, uh, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. Listen, fear will rob you of the blessings of God. Now, when we talk about money in this series, we talk about generosity. Let me remind you, the money that you have is already his. So I'm okay with giving because it's already his. And when I give back to him what's already his, he takes care of me. Zach said it today. When we give and are generous, and I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about our time, our resources, he'll take care. But you know what? This guy saw him as harsh. Can I just tell you this? If somebody gives you a talent, are they harsh? Somebody creates a garden for you to live in and manage their harsh and I want to ask you, do you serve God out of a fear and afraid or do you serve God out of love? Because God has given you what you have right now because he loves you. And whatever's in your hand is in your hand to be able to manage. And here's the last one for today as we close. We will be held accountable how we run our own business. God is looking at us and what we do now because there's going to be things in heaven that we are going to do. How we manage things on earth will determine what happens in heaven. We are all going to stand before God. And there's two questions he wants to know. What did you do with my son? And here's the second one. What did you do with what I entrusted to your care? What did you do? Well, it's because I didn't get five talents. You will not be held to account by what God gave anybody else. It will be you and God standing before him. Now, some of us, whoo, man, that puts the fear of God in us. But I love that. Why do you love it, Pastor Phil? That means God is always watching me to bless me.
He sees every investment that I make. He sees every time I love somebody. He's watching. Why? With the purpose of rewarding me to give me more. Why would God want to give me more? Because I have shown him that I can handle what he has given me. And if you'll give me more, I can do more and be more generous to what God has called us to do, called me to do. But the key is, will you handle what he has given you right now? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.